1: Outspoken with White and Jordan Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download Jim White and Simon Jordan You've let this get
2: out of control
1: Outspoken with White and Jordan From the world's biggest sports radio station Talk Sport Hi, this is Jim White And thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan Today, myself and Simon discussed Pep Guardiola pointing out Manchester United's spending following their League Cup win on Sunday. Simon gives his view on corner. Ben looking at legal action following his failed drugs test. Adiola Depot also joined us in studio for that debate. And finally, an indoor go-karting track is going to be the latest development at Tottenham Stadium. The club announced a partnership with Formula One and Simon explained why this is the future of modern football clubs. Pep Guardiola's been interesting, Simon. Um, they play Bristol City tonight, Manchester City, the fifth FA uh, F- Cup, fifth round tie. Yep. It's uh, an exclusive on Talk Sport. Don't worry, Joe, I've got that. Uh, Jim Proudfoot will bring you commentary of that. And Pep uh, couldn't help himself. A little bit tongue in cheek, but he said a slight dig at United, who won the Carabao Cup on Sunday. Yeah, i has been a little more money here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Because did in spend, isn't it? <laughs> it's normal in the position that uh, that normal should be. Always when I landed here, I thought United always would be there. So for the history, for everything. So Eric is doing an incredible job. The players, you see how commit they are. How. You know, all together they tried to do it. When you have been many years, five, six years, five, six years without winning one title, when you have the challenge. You know, I remember we won the first Carabao Cup. We traveled to win the Carabao Cup and everyone was so excited, you know, to do it. Um, The staff, it was new, the players was new. The fourth time we traveled there to win the fourth Carabao Cup in a row was, it's okay, it's another one, another day in the office. You know that? It's normal, you know that? It's normal, United. has to be there so always have been a big opponent so that we were better in the previous seasons and now yeah it's closer and you know everything can happen in the Premier League
1: (laughs) I quite like that I mean he's basically saying look we've been doing this for a while welcome back where have you been? kind of yeah
2: I mean, ultimately, what he's doing is he's taking a tongue-in-cheek to the observation that Man City have built and bought their success and that they're being charged with all kinds of contraventions of rules. So he's then pushing it back and saying to Manchester United, of course, you you spend money, yes, no. Everybody spends money. And the fact that Man United have got themselves into a position where they can be slightly ridiculable is a telling indication of where their star has fallen to. Because undeniably, undoubtedly, irrefutably, unequivocally... Man United are five times the club that Manchester City are in terms of scale and reach. <laughs> not in terms of <laughs> achievements. Won't go down well. Well, I don't really care. I don't really care. It's not designed to go down well. It's not designed to go down badly.
1: Will it's designed to be a reflection of the facts. In terms of global reach, yep. will, will they ever get City ever get close to United?
2: I think over a period of time there's a distinct possibility. If you keep achieving the way Manchester City are, they will. There's something, whether it's from 1958, whether it's from 1967 whether it's from the 70s or whether it's from the being the poster boys ostensibly of the launch of the most powerful domestic league in world football, United have been at the top of the tree and they've built this legacy. And it's almost an un, 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 undiminishable legacy because they've, been, they've not won a Premier League for 10 years, yet you talk about Man United and they will dominate the back page and front page of the newspapers. There's always something about Man United. There's, there, there's more eyes on the prize with Man United than there is in any other football club around the world. And Madrid will probably have an argument about that. But the bottom line is is that Manchester City are a, a unique football club in lots of ways. Their brand of football, outstanding. Their manager, elite. You know, the uniqueness of their involvement with the community, I would say that's a slightly cynical move because it enables the the, the sports washing to go on that's gone on there. But irrespective of that, Man City, if they keep on powering the way that they are, yeah. yes, of course they're going to create this a, a unique legacy. But Chelsea and Man City are cut from the same cloth. They are manufactured clubs. And whereas clubs like Liverpool and Manchester United have far more heritage. And I realise that will send people apoplectic in those two fan bases. Manufactured
1: but clubs. Well, they are.
2: Mm. Before Ram... Come on, let's look at it. Before Roman Abramovic came along, where were Chelsea going? OK, they were doing OK, but they were going to financial ruin. Ken Bates was struggling left, right and centre. And the football club had been, you know, the cock of the walk on the King's Road without actually doing anything. Man City had been in League One. I mean, let's have it right. Yeah. Sheik Mansoor comes through the door, picks up the carcass that the uh, Thai... Prime Minister that had gotten involved left and his finances and his ambitions and my belief some of their uh, contravention of rules has put them in a situation where they are now a dominant football club but now when you talk about what they're going to do going forward you can't deny that Man City achievement wise for being cop, It's like Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Mm. Coca-Cola will always be the marquee soft drink and Pepsi-Cola will always be the one that's chasing after it. I like what you did there.
1: I, I like the way Guardiola's doing it, got a bit of a laugh with uh, some of the, the gathered media yesterday, um, but got his message over. You know, they had to come good sooner or later and welcome back. And that's right. I quite like that.
2: And, but that's right. He's absolutely right to do it that way. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they were the ones that coined the expression the noisy neighbours. Yeah. And they're the ones that are now the neighbours that have been mute in achievement terms for 10 years. So absolutely cock a snook at them. But if you are United, yeah. I would say there's only one thing worse than people talking about me. It's people not talking about me. United are not back. They're on their road to recovery. Not a to road to redemption or a road to perdition. They're on their road to something that might look like something they once were before. But they've but still the road got to a recovery.
1: Long, long way to go. You and uh, Martin Keown went viral yesterday with the line you took in Manchester United, which you're sticking to today. Yeah, yeah it might be a road to recovery, but
2: no more than that. No, I think not. I think ultimately they've still got a long way to go. But the fact of the matter is, is that United shouldn't be in a position that they've been in for the last three years. They shouldn't have been such a, oh, look, we should all rub a neck at United. It was like watching Arsenal for years ago on that ghastly TV channel that they have. Well, all they did was rub a neck at their failures and people were looking at man united and doing the same thing oh dear look at look, look at man united
1: you really did not like arsenal tv did you oh i think it's a canker saw
2: yeah i think i think it's like the star wars bar for village idiots
1: 100 essential download outspoken with white and jordan for the time being, Simon, another sport that's very close to your heart, and that is boxing. Although you didn't think much of Sunday night, did you? With, uh, Jake no, Paul I did not no. Up against Tommy Fury. Conor Ben, we now know, is preparing to launch a legal uh, battle against British boxing for an expected three and a half million quid's worth in damages <laughs> after he was cleared by the WBC for intentionally doping. This situation has now grown arms and legs Apparently Connor Ben, It was put down to him having so many eggs in his system It's an indication actually That uh, we went down the wrong road Regards a failed drugs test As far as he is concerned And this he says vindicates him But is the whole situation about to descend into more of a mess Than it was before On your well listened to podcast Yes Colin. You're the main man from the British Boxing Board of Control, Robert Smith, and you really get into Smith on this very topic. I hope he can prove
2: he's innocent because he's a great talent. He's good, great for the sport. Uh, forget the name, you know. Forget what's coming, you know. His, his background, but he, you know, he's a really good boxer and a good exciting, fighter. dynamic fighter. And we it? need him. Yeah, all all the sport needs him, and he attracts people because of his background, etc. But I hope he can prove he, he can. But at the moment. We haven't seen anything to contradict what I thought. Have you got the teeth to stop him from fighting in this country? Because I think it's a natural extension of your authority that irrespective of if he gets a licence from another commissioning body, that he shouldn't be able to fight on these aisles whilst he hasn't satisfied the criteria that you set for someone to be licensed in this country. Simon, so, mean, he will not box on one of our shows in this country until he proves his innocence. To UKAD, UKAD act on our behalf. Right. So we take advice from UKAD. The difference between VADA and UCAD is VADA do a test but don't do any discipline. Do matters. the outcomes, yeah. UCAD do the discipline matters and we take on board because we've signed up to them, like every other sport in the country. We've signed up with them. He will not box here until he's proved there is an explanation.
1: But Conor Ben is giving an explanation. Conor Ben is saying. I've always been innocent and I've proved my innocence. Yep. The WBC concluded last week that our courts highly elevated consumption of eggs was a reasonable explanation for trace samples of clomiphene that showed up in two of Ben's Vada samples. Yep. Ben will say, I am innocent. I've been blue in the face telling you I'm innocent. Mm. And now legal action is my only route to prove it the only route to prove it is to sit in front of the uh, British
2: Boxing Board of Control and to provide them with sufficient evidence to get past the strict liability obligation that he has to be licensed by the British Boxing Board of Control. WBC have no jurisdiction here. They're a sanctioning body. They don't have any licensing authority. If they've chosen to lower the burden of proof to suggest that eggs that he's taken and a diet that he didn't disclose in November of last year when he was asked about his diet, and he talked about his dietary requirements, eggs weren't featured part of it, besides the fact he has an omelette every now and again, weren't featured part of it. And if they want to suggest that that burden of proof, which naturally would have followed through on by saying, okay, where was his egg supplied by, which was the producer, and tracing the trail like the athlete Shelby Houlihan had to do, and she was still banned by the, by the, uh, the athletic authorities in America because she had the obligation upon her. Strict liability is a very key phrase. The British Boxing Border Control... Put out a press statement directly after the WBC allowed Connor to go back into the rankings. And by the way, I think Connor Ben is a lovely young man. I wish he wasn't in this situation. It's the last thing I want for him. I never wanted Conor Benn to make the Eubank fight. I don't want him to be in this situation. I want him to be a superstar because I like him on every level. But this handling of this situation from the lawyers he's engaged with Mike Morgan through to the manner in which they've engaged with the British Boxing Board of Control through to the behaviours of the promoters with due respect to whoever they are. People think I've got an agenda against Eddie Hearn. I have no agenda against Eddie Hearn. When you've got a promoter turning around and saying the British Boxing Board of Control is a bull
1: Whatever, mm. the British boxing board of control. But if, he's, if he's such a nice guy as you say is, and I know he is myself, I've I've, I've met Conor Ben on many occasions. He's delightful. Mm. Do you think the same Conor Ben would go down any drug taking route? I somehow only Connor, doubt it. Only pro- he says, "I'm innocent." Only Conor Ben.
2: I'm innocent. Only Connor Ben can answer that question. Only Conor Ben can respond to the allegations that his power has increased dramatically over the last two years. Only Conor Ben can answer this. I would hate and like to think that he wasn't. The problem is. When you've got a strict liability obligation upon you, which they have, people have misrepresented this. He did not take a voluntary test. As a result of being inside the top 15 of a WBC, you have to have a VADA test. So it's voluntary from one point of view, but mandatory from another, otherwise you don't get ranked. So here we are now. He's gone about it. He's basically suggesting that because his father... Fell out of favor or fell out of relationships with British Box and Border Control, Toys his license up years ago, mm. there was an agenda. I put all of these questions to Robert Smith and said to him, Right, what are you going to do? Why did it take you so long? Why did you take three months to get some balls? You, how does it work in your industry? Is it the promoters top of the tree, then the fighter, then the media, and at the very bottom, the least important people are the governing body? Are you the people that are completely irrelevant? He said, No. I said, How have you got yourself in a situation then when a test is failed? It's a test that's not ultimately under your drug testing agency, UCAD, but notwithstanding it's a drug test, and you don't do anything about it. He said, because we got a solicitor's letter, immediately we were notified about that test. And the reasons why we were in a situation not being able to do anything is because we were under legal duress to be able to suppress what we could and couldn't do. I said, what made your decision change then? The second failed test. I said, but you still took 12 days after that. Why did you allow this to develop? And again, the argument comes back, it's because of the legal situation. If you're innocent of something... You don't need to tie people up in legal knots. And what you must be clear about, and again, I
1: must make this point... If you're innocent point, of somebody, you want to prove your innocence. That's though, my point. And that's why they're going down the legal route. But they haven't proved their innocence. Their case Simon. Simon, the WBC noted there was no conclusive evidence... that but, Ben but engaged but Jim, in Jim, intentional or Jim, knowing ingestion Jim, of clawing that's Columbus not Fiend.
2: the burden of obligation for the proof to be licensed by the British Boxing Board of Control. What they've done is they've turned around and they've run a 270-page document based upon the idea that Varda's testing had some challenging. The testing equipment might be oversensitive. It may have been this, that and the other. And they found no grounds on that. They've said Varda is gold standard. There's no difference between laboratories. There's no issues whatsoever. So then comes the second argument, which is the dietary argument that was built up over a period of time. I'm not suggesting that it isn't true. What I'm suggesting is prove it. Don't just say it, prove it. Where does eggs come from? Because chloroform doesn't feature in eggs in this country. It only features in eggs in America. Was he buying his eggs from America? You should be able to trace those eggs back that he's allegedly taken or supposedly taken because the the governing body, in the same way that Shelby Houlihan, the responsibility is put on her, uses a very specific terminology, strict liability. What's in your body, you have to be able to explain. You have to be able to explain it unequivocally, Undeniably, you can't just throw it up in the air and say it was eggs. You've got to be able to prove the trail. This girl in America put private investigators on it to find out the burritos that she ate in a in a in a, in a store in America that were that were infused with nandrolone because they mistakenly put boar's meat into it, and yet still she got a four-year ban because the obligation was upon her. In the WBC's world, they say, "Give us what we think is a credible explanation." And okay, eggs, fine. Uh, we can't prove it didn't eat eggs, so we'll say that's fine. The British Boxing border Control again? going, no, 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 You've got to do more. And by the way, not only have you got to do
1: more... You've got to come and see us. No, you, you can't just say, do one. You've changed your tune now about the British Boxing Board of Control, now that you've no. had a cosy chat with no. Robert Smith. We well, the could Bar- do nothing right before that.
2: No, I said to the British Boxing Board of No Control, and that's the first thing I said to Robert Smith when he walks in the studio. Aye, aye, it's the British Boxing Board of No Control. Why don't you do something meaningful, like have some teeth? Why are you being pushed around by promoters? Why are you being pushed around by fighters? And Robert Smith's argument was, first of all, it was legal. Second of all,
1: A and C. Right, it, it will come out now. Wait and see. This is one of the great things—the one of the many great things about Talksport. We're on this huge 17th floor of the news building, and everyone in this building listens mm-hmm. to our show, and that's why Addy Oladipo, who's been listening outside, has decided to join us. Addy, good afternoon. Afternoon, You kids. join afternoon. us as we're right a, in the throes of this salmon. debate good. about Connor Ben. It, so it is a debate, isn't it? Yeah. What do you want to add to this? Because Ben is still trying to prove his innocence. Yeah, look, he is. I mean, he is. Obviously, look, we heard recently that he's trying to sue the
4: British Boxing Board of Control for three and a half million, which is a mistake. But it also could be a case of they haven't got that money. They haven't got that money. Do they want to go down the legal route? Or do they want to just shut this thing down by saying, okay, you know what? Everyone move on. And I think that's the play here from from Conor Ben and his team. Um, With regards to the WBC saying everything's fine. Look, a 270-page document was sent to the WBC. Why was 270 pages just to say there's a problem with eggs it is an issue for me. And and another thing with the WBC, I hate the fact that they're involved in this as well. Um, they're a sanctioning body. They're not a governing body. They're a sanctioning body who should have no play in this whatsoever. I said from the get-go with regards to this Conor Ben situation, it needs to go to the court of arbitration for sport if he wants to clear his name properly. If you want the British public to believe in you, they're not going to believe in you based on what the WBC has to say on this. They're going to believe in you if it goes to a separate entity who have nothing to do with boxing. The WBC, who we know um, favour boxers, they do, they have a skin in the game because they take a sanctioning fee. They certainly have skin in but the game. But it can only go to the
2: court it once it's been adjudicated somewhere else and it hasn't been adjudicated. He's refused to accept that the British Boxing Board of Control have any really jurisdiction. I'd rather tear my licence up than exhibit any degree of accounting to you guys and proving my innocence. Because the WBC are uh, the sanctioning body, he can't go to the Court of Arbitration of Sport because no one's given him any sanctions at this moment in time. He's refused to be party to it. Mm. So if he goes to the British Boxing Board of Control and they turn around and say, find a book at you, and the key terminology in a British Boxing Board of Control's um, press statement was strict liability. That was so different from the WBC. Strict liability means it's in
4: your body. You've got to tell me precisely, concisely, and prove how it got in there. Yeah, but I think one thing we're doing, and look, Simon spoke with Robert Smith, um, but one Mm. thing we are doing, General Secretary, obviously, of the British Boxing Board of Control, is almost removing any liability or fault from the British Boxing Board of Control. They knew about this situation. And were they going to say anything? Absolutely no, until it got leaked. They weren't going to say anything, were they? Until someone from the press leaked this thing, the British Boxing Board of Control were going to go ahead... And sanction is fine. Yep. They deny that yep. enf- and, and they deny that emphatically. Because I
2: said to him, how comes on July the 23rd, you know, we didn't know about it until August the 30th. Okay, what happened between th- July 23rd and August the 30th? We got a cease and desist from Conor Ben's lawyers. Mm. We got told, get back in. I said, how can you get told as a British boxing border control, get back in your box? You are the box, right? So, what happens on August So then why why did you decide to change your mind in, in October? Because of the second test. But you got the second test on September the 23rd. So why did you wait until October the 4th when it was about to be leaked? I didn't no, we'd remember.
1: already made that decision. We're running over. We're going to head to the 12.30 Bulletin shortly, but I'll ask you this. You're out there, mate, all the time. I know you mix with the boxing public all the time. You mix with other fighters. What is the thought out there? Ben, innocent or guilty?
4: Look, I mean, if you go and what boxers a saying and you look at Anthony Fowler and Sonny Edwards, two sort of very vocal fighters in the game, two active fighters, they think guilty. Sonny Edwards. Is- they, 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 they think guilty. They think it's been handled wrongly. Um, they, they don't believe the, the I don't want to say the excuse, but the reasoning as to why um, this clomiphene was in the body. Um, look, Connor ben has been adamant that he is innocent. He wants to fight. He will fight again. It'll probably be in the Middle East. But the majority of boxers believe he is guilty. Um, do you think we'll see him fight here again? No. No. No, especially if he's going down the legal route of wanting to sue the, the British Boxing
2: Board Control. Both of you
1: do not think he'll fight and he's again. The British again. Boxing
2: Board of Control, no. irrespective of the £3.5 million lawsuit, will be insured for it. So there's no fear. If he wants to launch a three and a half million pound lawsuit against British Boxing Board of Control, fill your boots some. Away you go, see what they do. And then we'll see if the British Boxing... I think the biggest but thing they're of do, is do, they've do, got no teeth. Simon, do you think he's guilty? I think he's got to do more than what he's done. I think he's using very crafty, clever lawyers that are better than the lawyers that WBC have got, better than the lawyers that, you, that, that UK have got. And I think what they're doing is they're getting them off on a technicality. And the technicality is in a 270-page document that did not reference eggs. It was about Varda. It was about Varda and their processes and the temperamentality of the equipment in Varda Laboratories. Ben, That's what it was about. Ben
1: still says he's
2: innocent.
4: I, I, think, I, think, I think he could be.
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Everybody knew when Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium emerged, this is going to be a multi-purpose venue. Well, it's very much proven to be that way. Not only did Tottenham play their home games here, of course, but um, it's become uh, quite unique in the sense that it's housing so many different activities, like concerts, like NFL, like rugby, like boxing. Um, uh, To be quite honest, it, it has limitless possibilities and now we know the latest one because Tottenham have joined up with F1 to collaborate in a whole bunch of uh, promotions that involve in-stadium karting. Can you believe it Simon? This is the route they're going down now and my goodness they're getting maximum use out this incredible stadium because Tottenham uh, are seeing this lunchtime they're de- delighted to announce a 15-year strategic partnership with Formula One that will bring a brand new motorsport experience to London we we were told that this was going to happen and it is happening isn't it well I mean you know I spoke to
2: Daniel the other day and Daniel talked about there's far bigger things afoot here and far bigger opportunities for Tottenham Hotspur than just the football club and now I think all roads will lead back to the football club being the beneficiary of certain things and Tottenham fans will go probably up in arms about the fact that this is not core football base but having a partnership with a major worldwide sporting organisation and brand like F1, will throw out significant cross-fertilisation benefits that might generate more revenue, which means that the team can compete better on the pitch. And if that's the outcome, wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah, I mean... Wouldn't that be a good thing for Tottenham Hotspur? If all the money's going to go in Joe Lewis's pocket and Daniel Levy's pocket, not so good... If it's, a, if it's going to generate more revenue and make Tottenham Hotspur more valuable as a football club for the next person who wants to own it, because ultimately someone will buy it in the end, or it generates more revenue to be able to compete on the pitch. Well, that's Wouldn't what that they're be interested a good, in. And that would be interesting to see how it happens. But, but are
1: you, it, it, Many would argue it's another distraction. Others would argue, it's OK, here's the thing. If the money you make out of NFL oh, being, the being staged at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Built if stadium. the money you make... Built
2: that built the stadium. The right. money they make from the NFL went to... Who's built a billion-pound stadium? You know anybody? Tottenham fans? You know anybody else? I'm not defending Daniel Levy, but let's have it right. Right? You've got Man United, arguably one of the richest clubs in the world. Yeah. They're their owners don't build a stadium. Now, the, part of the money that they will utilise is because Levy's clever... He's gone and done a deal with the NFL and got some
1: of that dough from the NFL to build a billion-pound stadium. I get that, but Tottenham fans, Tottenham football fans, quite rightly, in my view, will only be happy if they are hearing that the money generated by the likes of the NFL, by concerts, by rugby, by boxing, and now by karting with this deal with the F1, will buy you a new left wing back, a new midfielder, and maybe a guy to replace a- Harry Kane. A- absolutely right. So we, we, so the bottom line
2: is, is if there isn't that revenue redeployed in significant proportionality towards enhancing the Tottenham Hotspur football team, because right now what Daniel Levy gets beaten with is a stick for not winning anything. Like I said the other day in an article, he'll get whipped with a cat of nine tails if they generate more revenue and it doesn't go towards the football team. If they flog Harry Kane because they can't get him on a new contract, all of that will bring... A problem for Daniel Levy. So I would suspect there'll be two beneficiaries of any revenue: Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and its owners, and Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and its fans, because of the players that will be put on a pitch. And if it isn't, then they can have their two pennies with Daniel Levy. Can't so they? this is
1: the future, isn't it? You totally, totally, this. You're, no, I- you're saying. Any stadium has got to be multi-purpose. Any Premier League stadium has got to be multi-purpose here because it only enhances the club. If, if, if it does
2: not impact upon the club's ability to be able to perform its primary function as a football team and only enhances it, where would be the problem besides tribalistic tripe? Mm. We don't want our football club used for anything else. Yeah. That'd be silly. The world's changed. Yeah. The moment you start screaming for the next £60 million footballer, the world has changed. So when you're screaming for £60 million footballers on £250,000 a week and you want a bucket load of them, a butter mountain of them, somewhere along the line you have to accept that football clubs have become multifaceted businesses and need to do more. Now, the question will be... Does Daniel put that money back in the football club and use it to develop Tottenham Hotspur? And I'm if sure he doesn't, it will. well, some of it he might, not all of it, I suspect.
1: Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation, Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.